0: So I I wanted to um I wanted to share something familiar today partially because I didn't want the pressure of having a a, a really <laughs> complicated sermon to preach after I just preached last night. So this this might sound, you know, um like something you've heard before, or or it might not be real news to you, um, but I think it is a great reminder. And this this Sunday is the Advent Sunday of joy. And I, I think uh, did I tell you to light the pink candle? Did you light the pink candle? Well, oh, that's okay. We uh, the the pink candle is meant to be the candle of joy. It doesn't really matter. We we uh, there it's uh, it's symbolic of uh, of joy. And the, the, the Advent candles are symbolic of of these these lights in us that Jesus lights. Um, and so this Sunday I'm talking about joy. We sang Joy to the World. Joy to the World is one of my favorite Christmas carols. Um, and so I like to sing it all the time anyways. But um, I, I I, like that, uh, that song for a variety of reasons. But uh, um, I, I enjoy the music in it. But I love the message of it, that it is joy that's meant for all people. And so we're going to read, if you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 2, we are going to read not the whole Christmas story, but just the part that um, pertains to the joy re- we receive at Christmas, and we're going to highlight on that a little bit uh, this, this morning. So if you get to Luke chapter 2, we'll be in verse 8, and we'll read it together. So here we have the birth of Jesus foretold, and the, the uh, shepherds going. You know, we already talked a little bit about the shepherds. We're going to touch on them again this morning. Um, we're going to talk about the message that the angels bring to them. So if you want to read along with me in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. We'll pause there. First of all, I want to share with you a little bit about joy and the kind of joy that God brings us. Because we often equate joy with Christmas, uh, especially when we're kids. And as you and maybe you remember being a kid or you remember having your kids at home. And the what we would call joy... Human joy, earthly joy, that sweeps across their faces when you get that perfect present. I'm not going to spoil it for my kids, but we found really good presents for our kids this year. We're pretty excited about giving. We finished our shopping quite early this year, earlier than we ever have. We still have to shop for each other. That's going to be a little harder. Uh, but the, there's, there's great joy in finding the perfect gift for someone. I don't know. I, I don't know if you're like me at all. Then maybe you're a bah humbug kind of person who, do, who thinks it's just overly commercialized. And that's fine. I understand that sentiment. But at the same time, I still love thinking it through, being very thoughtful. And when you finally come across that perfect gift, there's excitement there. There's happiness there. And seeing them light up when they open it and go, yeah, that's awesome. Good gift. I love seeing that in my kids and in my wife and, and other people as well. Uh, and that kind of joy is not the kind of joy that the Bible's talking about here. That's, that's actually happiness. And happiness is fine. It's, it's a good thing. It's not wrong to be happy. But no one can be happy all the time. Those people are crazy. Let's face it. <laughs> I don't mean to be crass, but it's true. You can't be happy all the time. It's not possible. Because happiness is fleeting. Happiness is affected by our circumstances because if you're happy from the gift you just received, if a a thief breaks in in the night and steals that gift, guess what? You're not going to be the next morning. Happy. But the joy that is deeper than that, the kind of joy that God is talking about in scripture, the, the joy that will be available for all people, that joy is despite circumstances. Because think about the Christmas story here, and we're going to highlight on a little bit about the Christmas story, that when you read the Christmas story, the situation is actually quite bleak. I don't know if you're aware of that. There hasn't been prophecy for 400 years. Eventually, that comes, that, that Zechariah prophesies, and John the Baptist prophesies, and we have prophecy starting again, a word from the Lord returning again, and more prophets coming. But before that, there has been literally hundreds of years where God's people, Israel, God's chosen people, the Jews, have not heard from God. I don't know if you've ever gone 400 years without talking to your friend (laughs) or your spouse. That's a long time to not hear from God. And the circumstances of the Roman oppression were very bleak as well. Jews uh, all, all around the Roman Empire were being oppressed. They were forced to, uh, to adopt customs they were not comfortable with. They were forced to do things that they didn't did not want to do. And they were not experiencing freedom in God's kingdom. And so here Joseph and Mary are facing a little bit, a small portion of that oppression. And so part of that oppression was... The hassle of traveling, and if you look at the distance, the distance is about seventy miles uh, by car. Not that far by foot, much further, and when you're pregnant, much further, feeling still. And so here, Mary is going through not only being uh, she. We we are aware that she probably did not give birth prematurely. She was ready to have this child. It's not Jesus was not premature. And so I've never been nine months pregnant, but I have known a woman who was twice. Uh, And travel is is unpleasant at the best of times especially when you're doing it by donkey or by foot and here we have this nine-month pregnant woman ready to give birth having being forced to travel for the sake of the census um, which amazingly brings about this fulfillment of prophecy for Jesus to be born not in Nazareth but in Bethlehem. And so uh, it's a tremendous tremendous hassle. There's no doubt about the kind of hassle it was, but beyond that, thinking deeper into the story, and again, if you just place yourself in scripture and consider for a moment what it must have been like to be pregnant in that time, and not only being pregnant in that time, but being pregnant out of wedlock, which was uh, a huge huge faux pas in that time, beyond faux pas even. You would have been ostracized by your community um, and, and we I mean sometimes we have that to to a certain extent in our society, but nowhere near what it was like two thousand years ago uh to be pregnant out of wedlock and this is why joseph was was going to, to you know split from her very quietly she he didn't want to cause her shame didn't want her to be stoned for her, her adultery, or not adultery but uh for her fornication for her being pregnant before um uh, before they were married, and this this great shame uh would have cast over the whole situation and so in the midst of that, in the midst of uh, certainly whispers and rumors going around wow she she's pregnant already. can you imagine oh they, they 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 gave in to sin, they gave in to what they shouldn't have done, and the pointing fingers and the judging and the quiet conversations. Behind closed doors and behind people's backs. If you place yourself in that situation, it doesn't feel like good news of great joy that will be for all people. That's how we know that this joy is beyond circumstance. Because if you read it, and we're going to go back just one chapter, we're going to read. Uh, we're going to read from Mary's song. Mary's song doesn't fit with the situation that well. Now, it, it does in the grand scheme of things, because we look back and we go, wow, the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Of course, Mary's rejoicing. But in her situation, without the truth of Jesus being the Messiah, the Savior of the world, just giving birth, having to travel, and then uh, understanding the, the circumstances of the birth, no room at the end, having to lie the child in the manger, and and, and everything that went wrong, this, these are Mary's words despite all that. And, and, and if you read, it's Luke 1, verse 46. And it's Mary's song, and it says, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And she goes on from there and sings her song. But my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. If I were in that situation, I don't think that I would feel like rejoicing. But that's the thing about joy is joy is so much more than a feeling. And that's not just my favorite Boston song. It's more than a feeling. (laughs) Joy is more than a feeling because our feelings often can deceive us. Uh, last night I, went, I had the experience of I came in and I had made a, uh, just a quick comment to Tara saying people are starting to fill in so we should stop practicing uh, so that people don't think we've started already or and, and it's it, you know it's a little loud and so on and so forth and so I just quickly said yeah people are, are coming in and she said I know and I felt like she had snipped at me like I know already leave me alone. That feeling wasn't fact, because in, in fact, Tara did not mean to to say things in a short manner. She didn't mean to be curt with me. She was just saying, yeah, I, I noticed that too. But feelings are not always fact. Just because we feel some way doesn't mean that that is the, the absolute truth of the situation. And so joy has to be much more than a feeling, because we often don't feel like having the joy of the Lord, and yet we're aware from Scripture that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And we want it to grow in us. We don't want to just grow feelings. We're not feelings. Now, we live in a culture that is obsessed with feelings. In fact, we live in a culture that, uh, that exalts and lifts up feelings above fact. And I can prove it to you. Because now we've moved from sci- the science of, of gender to the feeling of gender. Uh, and without getting too political here you can be a gender not what your sex is not what you are born with but rather gender is what you feel and so we've exalted feeling of i i feel like i'm a man born in a woman's body and we've said that's the truth rather than the the scientific and god-given truth of what you're born with and so that we live in a culture that that just worships and adores Feelings and places feelings as fact, but feelings are not fact. And so scripture wants to point us back to the facts. And it's not that scripture is just about science. It's it's so much richer and deeper than that. that Scripture is about emotion and feeling as well, but it is very much about truth. (laughs) And the truth of the matter is, when we look at the story of Jesus Christ, and we have the benefit of hindsight, we look at the story of the birth of Jesus, and we have great joy, that's for all people. But Mary had to not just feel that, but know that and trust that. That takes a deep level of faith, to rejoice in the Lord despite being so pregnant, to rejoice in the Lord for the gift that God was going to give her despite knowing that What her neighbors were going to whisper about her behind her back. Despite knowing that she may be ostracized in her community. Despite knowing that there may be tremendous hassle and even danger that would face her when giving birth to the Son of God. That kind of joy that comes is is a joy that comes from the Lord and that we can't manufacture on our own. Because there are no circumstances that we can draw up that brings that kind of joy. And I I want to just highlight on it here because she says, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. That needs to be where our joy resides as well. That we know we have a heavenly Father who loves us so deeply and that we have an eternity that's set. That's the kind of thing that can give us joy that no matter what we're going through, that even those who are being tortured and persecuted for their faith can still have joy they will not likely have happiness they may have moments of happiness when torture uh, uh, subsides when it, when it, when their torturers get tired finally and and stop, or if they're set free for some reason, yes, there can be happiness in that. But there is a deep, abounding joy to available to every believer in Jesus Christ that we are able to to receive from God. That God wants to grow in us. Again, it's a fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control. All of those things God wants to grow in us. And joy is one of those things that only He can grow. If it's true joy, yes, we can be happy and God can make us happy. But joy is so much more than that. And so it's it's amazing to me Jesus, that Jesus would come to earth and not only humble himself to the point of being born as an infant, but he is born into this filthy hovel and laying in a feeding trough that was not fit for a baby to be laying in. But what else was there for this young couple to do? I often think of what Joseph must have felt. Now, I've uh, had the privilege of uh, t- Tara's been pregnant twice. We've had two children. Um, I can't, I can't quite place myself in Joseph's shoes because I can't imagine how helpless he must have felt as a father, not being able to provide for his wife, not being able to provide well for his newborn son, not having a safe place for the child to be born. We're traveling all this way. They are, they're, they're not able to find room at any of the inns. And I mean, we know the old, we know the old story. We've heard it so many times. But when you place yourself in that situation and think of how helpless that must have felt. And yet in the midst of that, this healthy child is born and that's joy in itself. Yes, but there is a deep abounding joy in the knowledge that Jesus Christ, our Savior, has been born. And that joy is for all people. That that Christmas story is one that brings us joy despite our circumstances. It's a type of joy that, that doesn't just go away just because life is, isn't 100% perfect. And Mary glorifies the Lord and rejoices in the Lord because of that. It's a, it's the kind of joy that that God gives us. And it, it can't be stolen away by anything. It can't be stolen away by sickness or theft or bad moods or lack of sleep or even death yesterday I had the privilege of, of watching live stream of my uh, I told you about my friend pastor Rob Clark one of my mentors uh, my biggest mentor actually uh, and so yesterday they 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 Rob was pastoring in a, in a huge church in Saskatoon. It's one of the biggest churches in, in Saskatoon. Uh, it's called Elam Tabernacle. And so he was on staff there. There are more people on the staff of that church than he'd come to our church. It was a huge church. And so they have the privilege of being able to live stream as though, you know, as it we're, were a TV show almost. It was amazing, the quality. So um, we were, uh, that was made available. And and then they, they live streamed it to Ladner where I met him. He was pastored for a long time, 15 or more years. He was there for a long time. And uh, and so they had a gathering there of like well over 100 people. And there were over 100 people watching online. And then there were hundreds of people. I don't even know how many came uh, at Elam in Saskatoon. But uh, we were able to watch it from home. I wanted to, you know, I would have loved to go to Saskatoon and, and be there with his family. But we were able to be there in spirit and also in prayer. Uh, and so got to, watch the, uh, got to watch the service from home yesterday as we were thinking and praying about our Christmas banquet. Um, and so there was, they started off with just this powerful worship. I mean, it was just amazing. Uh, and uh, his wife got up and shared the, the, the eulogy, which was powerful and emotional. And then his son, Jordan, who is also a pastor, got up and shared about the, the, the legacy that Rob left behind with his kids and with many other people. Uh, and then at the, the very end, the pastor came up and shared a brief message. But at the very, very end, they did one more song. And uh, if you knew Rob, which you didn't, um, the one thing you know about him is Rob loved, I don't know why, Rob was like obsessed with glow sticks. He loved giving out glow sticks. Not, he doesn't, you know, he's not like, you know, for himself, but he, every youth event, and I didn't remember this from camp, I mean, he single handedly kept glow stick companies alive like just it's amazing how many glow sticks they would buy like their glow stick budget was insane through the roof when they'd come up for camp and uh, every youth event every kids event everything we did is glow sticks glow sticks and then you know you'd be singing and the lights would go now the glow sticks and all the kids would be dancing and so in honor of, of of rob and and the joy that he shared with kids in his life and with everyone he met and the love he had for people um they did this last song and gave everyone at the church glow sticks and dim the lights down and they sang a song uh, that was not fit for a funeral they sang oh happy day at rob's funeral and it wasn't because rob was a nasty guy and they were happy he was dead <laughs> they sang the song oh happy day he washed my sins away and they sang that song and the kids were dancing around and it did not feel anything like a funeral like a memorial service and that joy, and I just think of Rob, uh, and, and the joy that he shared, and he just, he just loved worshiping God, and he loved bringing kids to Jesus and showing them the incredible love that God has for them. And when you experience that love, there's great joy in both people, both in the people who get to share that, and we've experienced that at camp before, the incredible joy that comes from giving a child a Bible and having them say, wow, a bible i've never gotten a bible before seeing them highlighting pages and reading them seeing them praise god in, in the chapel in the campfire services and so they celebrated with glow sticks and uh and and rejoicing and saying oh happy day and and it's that kind of joy that can can cause us to sing oh happy day at a funeral even though we're not happy that rob's gone in fact we're very sad about there's an old uh, newsboy song from the 90s, and it's called Shine. And it's really about the joy of the Lord shining through us. And one line always makes me smile, and I wrote it down. I'm not going to sing it because it's kind of hard to sing. But it's, uh, it talks about the light of Jesus being the kind of light that would persuade a strict dictator to retire, fire the army, and teach the poor origami. <laughs> and I love that line. Uh, there's lots of funny lines in it talking about a, making a, a vegetarian barbecue hamster and all the kinds of changes that the joy of the Lord can make in us. Uh, and, and and I love that, and that that actually comes from a verse that I shared. Uh, we we had a group chat for Rob's memorial service, and I was um, I texted them the morning yesterday morning before the service, and I just shared with them what the Lord had impressed upon my heart. One of the one of the the most impactful memory verses I remember from being a, a kid and a teenager was uh, one of the years they came up to Lake Elsinore Pentecostal camp. They had a theme verse for the whole week, and they did actions with it. And so they'd teach the kids a little bit more of it every day until by the end of the week they had memorized this verse. And the verse was Matthew 5.16. I'm going to quote it in the way that I know it from when I was a kid. It's a little different now but uh, in the new NIV version. But um Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That of course is the basis of this song, Shine. It's also um, the the basis of the song, This Little Light of Mine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. That is based on Jesus talking about a city being on a hill, it being on a hill, how it can't be hidden, and how when you light a lamp, you don't put it, you don't hide hide that that lamp under shade. Although we put lampshades on per se, but we don't, you don't light a light and then hide it somewhere where nobody can see it. The light is meant to shine, and our light. Jesus tells us the light that he puts in us is meant to shine so that when people see our good deeds, they will praise God because of what they're seeing. And I, this is that verse is one of my clearest memories of Robin because I believe he is a man who lived this verse out to the fullest. He wanted to let his light shine before people, before everyone he met. He wanted to let the light of Jesus shine through the joy that he had so that when people at the end of Rob's life were thinking about Rob, they would praise God for what God had done. Not praise Rob. I mean, he's a great guy. But everything that Rob did that was successful in life was because of God. Was because of what God had done through him. And he had let his light shine for everyone to see. And that joy and love continues on in a legacy through many others. I'm, not, I'm just one of many hundreds of people who Rob had impacted. And when we consider our legacy, are we going to have a light that shines beyond ourselves, beyond us to other people, that they then will also let the light of Christ shine before all people, that everyone will see the good things that we're doing. When people see the community Christmas banquet, will they see our good deeds and not praise us? That's not what the verse says, but rather praise God. And say, thank you, Lord, for sending this church to Clinton. Thank you, Lord, for sending these people out into the community. Praise God for what you're doing in Clinton. Not praise us. Because we get a lot, I don't know if you're aware of this, we get a lot of praise uh, for the for the Christmas banquet. A lot of people, nice thing, uh, thank you, Dinah, for your kind comment on Facebook. Many people have been commenting below that and thanking us. Those are all nice words. That's not the goal. We don't do the Christmas banquet so that people will thank us. We don't do the Christmas banquet so that we'll be really popular and and beloved in town. We do the and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have posted what you posted. I, my my point is not so that we will uh, gain a claim for ourselves, but rather we would gain a claim for God. That people would see what we're doing and thank God not for us but for what He's doing, for His love for us. Everything we do should be pointed at Jesus Christ. That's the kind of light that's meant to shine through us, and that joy shines through so that when they see us and we we're exhausted and it's been a long day, we're still smiling at the end of the day, and we still have the joy of the Lord, even though we've had a very let's be honest, a very difficult day. I'm thankful for people like Sandy and 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 Lee and others, and uh, who I think of them in particular because when I woke up in the morning, they were already at the hall. <laughs> There are had already started cooking. There are many others as well. I'm, I'm thankful for everyone and, and many others who, though you were, may not have been there at 7 in the morning, you were there for most of the day, some of you, off and on peeling potatoes and, and preparing, uh, preparing drinks and, and desserts and all kinds of things. That's a lot of work. When we're tired at the end of the day, the happiness might not quite be there, but the joy of the Lord certainly can be and should be. And so that joy is part of the light that shines through us. And so I would encourage all of us. And so as I, I shared that uh, shared that verse with our group chat, um, uh, Lorraine Brooks, um, she's uh, she actually she she was pastoring with uh, Rob Clark and with Jim Potter uh, in Ladner. Her last day of pastoring when she retired was my first day in Ladner, uh, and she she sent me a quick message and said, "I uh, I shared that verse." We, we, in our uh, mem- our video memory, they, they've recorded a video memory with everyone. She said, I shared your verse because it was very appropriate with the glow sticks and everything. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Our, our calling as Christians then is to let that light of joy shine uh, to, our, to our neighbors, our friends and our loved ones and even our enemies. Continuing on, not only is uh, that joy available despite our circumstances, but that joy is for everyone. As you read it here, I'll highlight on again something I've already said even this season, but I will remind you of who it is exactly that is there to celebrate the birth of Jesus. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now that's so fitting because the message that the angels bring is amplified by who he brings the message to. That message is amplified and lived out in a physical action because the message is not to the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, it does, ultimately, that joy is available. Men like Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes later on in John chapter 3. And he's a Pharisee, and yet he wants to experience experience God. He believes that Jesus is the Messiah. He wants to be born again. And that's what Jesus teaches him about in John chapter 3. There are Pharisees who receive that joy, but they are not the first to be told. The first to be told, again, are the shepherds. The dirty, lowly, Humble shepherds, those who did not go to the synagogue to worship, those who were too busy with their lives. There, I liken them to the 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 long haul truckers, or Walmart stock boys, or just minimum wage people. It's not, it's not the the royal or the elite or the rich or the famous or even the most holy in in their eyes, in man's eyes. It was those who were very lowly, those who would seem inferior, those are the ones, those shepherds are the ones who receive the message of great joy that will be for all people. And so God is putting an exclamation point on that statement that there I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, including you shepherds. You who should not be partaking in this joy, you're the first ones to hear about it. You're the first messengers of the birth of Jesus Christ. And so it's a great contrast to those, you know, we have the wise men who come later, the Magi. Uh, These wise men from the East who would seemingly understand the joy that they were going to experience. Uh, They would get to share in that, that great joy with those unwise shepherds and so we have you know we three kings or we the three magi the wise men who come from the east everything from them these these noblemen right down to the lowly shepherds and everyone in bete- in between that's who the message of joy is and that joy is available to all who receive christ who experience his presence it was joy that was truly for everyone and god loves to share his gifts with all those Who are willing to accept it there's there's no person too vile no sin too unjust no attitude too far gone there's no personality that's too incompatible and there's nobody who is undeserving of the joy that god freely gives and so lastly that continues on into our last point which is that that joy is meant to share Because if it's available to everyone, we ought to make it available to everyone. We ought to share that with people. And part of Christmas really is about sharing joy, not through gift giving, but through Christ giving. That when we offer the good news of Jesus Christ, sometimes just by example, sometimes just by living out the joy that he's given us, uh we, we, we need to remember that Christmas is so much more than, than the traditions that we have, so much more than the turkey dinners and family time and, and rest and, uh, and presents and everything else that goes along with it. There, we must not underestimate the power of being unselfish and sharing our joy with other people at Christmas time. There's something to be said for a person who's generous at Christmas just for the sake of spreading the joy of Jesus Christ. But that's not to say that Christmas is about gifts, but rather the, the joy that we get from generosity can impact other people and can impact us as well. Let's, I'm not going to pretend that that we should stop giving gifts altogether because I do think that can play a part. But much further beyond, more, much more important than the physical gift is, is the spiritual gift of joy that we can share with people. And so continuing on into the story what happens after the angels left them. And so if you want to continue on in verse 15, it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they have the come and see mentality. They want to see what God is telling them about. And I think there's a lesson there, which I'm not even going to get into. But from there it says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who is lying in the manger. And it says here in verse 17, when they had seen him, When they had seen Jesus Christ, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it, every single one, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. There's a lesson there for us. There's an important lesson there for us as Christians, that when we experience the presence of God in our lives, that when we meet Jesus, so to speak, we're not physically going to see the baby Jesus. But we can experience the presence of God when we, when we are given the Holy Spirit, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when, when the peace of God enters our lives, when we receive joy from God. We have the same calling that the shepherds have. That same calling is to do exactly what they did when they had seen him, when they had seen Jesus. They spread the word concerning, concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. My prayer is that we'll share the joy that we receive from God, not just because of what we get at Christmas, not just because we had a nice Christmas banquet and we're all happy together, but we have a deep, abounding joy that God gives us, and we want to share it with other people. That's a message we're sharing. My prayer is that you'll share it with your actions first this Christmas, that your actions will be actions of love. We talked a lot about love last week, and I shared about love Um, this week I want to continue on with a reminder of loving the people that are around us, sharing that deep love that God gives us. And from there, sharing the joy that comes from knowing our Savior, from experiencing the presence of God. These shepherds, they experienced the presence of God because they had met Jesus, the person of God here on earth. We also have that privilege. We won't see Jesus in the flesh unless he returns a second time. But we can experience the same God, the Holy Spirit who it willingly comes into our lives, and that can bring us great joy despite what's going on around us. Christmas season can be a wonderful season, a season of great joy and family and friends, but I am well aware that Christmas can also be a very lonely season. Christmas can be a very difficult season, a season not just only of loss but of remembering and recognizing loss for those who are having their first Christmas without loved ones. It can be a painful time. For those who are lonely, Christmas only accentuates that loneliness. We are the people who not only can be given joy beyond that loneliness, but also to share that joy with those who are lonely and welcome them in as Christ's family. We have an opportunity this Christmas to uh, live out the love and joy that God gives us in very practical ways and also uh, in, in what we say to people and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with them. So my challenge to you is to consider that this Christmas and to uh, allow the joy of God to enter your life and enter your heart, to, to know that, and it's not, it's not putting a fake smile on. It's not pretending to be happy when we're not really happy. It's just strictly, it's a knowledge of the presence of God in our lives and knowing that despite what's going on in my life today, I know that in eternity I have a Savior who loves me. I know I have an expected end. I have a hope and not not a hope like I hope I go to heaven, but rather a a trusting anchor for the soul that goes, I know that my eternity is secure in Jesus Christ. And so no matter what, I know it'll be okay. That joy is meant to share with others and meant to to, uh, encourage us and be with us and bless us this Christmas season. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your joy that we can uh, worship you and lift you up and give you praise and rejoice in you. For you've been mindful of the humble state of your servants here, Lord, uh, this humble church that desires to love you and serve you in very real and practical ways. Lord, I thank you for the the community Christmas banquet that we were able to, to share with our community yesterday. And I just pray that those seeds once again would be in good soil and grow to fruition. Lord, I pray that the joy that we share with people would impact them in such a powerful way that they want to be a part of your family and your body. Lord, shine your joy into us that we may experience it to its fullest. And Lord, shine your joy through us that your light that you place in us would shine before all mankind, that they would see the good deeds that we are doing for you and for your glory and praise you in heaven, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you for ordaining those good works for us. May we do them well and with excellence and with glad and joyful hearts, Lord. Bless us with a wonderful week ahead and be with us, we ask in Jesus' name, Amen. amen.